Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is, no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. We do not go gently into the good weekend, the good Father's Day weekend on this program. Some lighter stuff coming up a little bit later. But there are a number of things I want to talk to you about, including the fact that I think that everybody should agree that we, we need to be open to reasonable reform of the police department. We, we have to I think one of the things that's been lost over the course of the last several weeks is the fact that, first of all, most the vast, the overwhelming majority of police are good men and women who follow the rules, do not create problems. And there are some bad apples. We need to figure out how to weed those bad apples out. One of the things that I have problems with, with some of the dialogue and some of the arguments, is you get the impression that all the cops are bad. That That's just, in my opinion, false. I think it's also always fair to look at different procedures that are employed by the police and say, okay, do we, do we really need to do this? Is the potential for problems so great that whatever merit you get out of them, out of the particular police tactic, isn't worth it? I'll give you an example. Um, the, the whole discussion that we have about chokeholds, and, and I, I think, for example, Governor Evers is just – introduced legislation that would, in almost all circumstances, except like last-ditch acts of self-defense, ban police from using chokeholds to restrain suspects. I don't have a problem with that. Matter of fact, I, I think it it makes eminent sense because we've seen how th- this the use of these so-called chokeholds, we've seen how it can break bad so very quickly. So, I mean, to me, I think you look at the, the police chokehold issue and you say, you know, that that is a reasonable type of reform that, that people should be able to agree on and might help, you know, eliminate some of the, these really horrible situations that we've had. And, and you can do it, for example, eliminating the police chokeholds without significantly endangering the lives of police on the streets. So I, I think, you know, reasonable people can agree on that. At the same time, there's something else that uh, the governor is proposing. He's come out with nine bills that he's proposing. He wants to eliminate no-knock search warrants. And let me say this right now. If this passes the state legislature, Tony Evers is going to get a police officer killed sometime probably sooner rather than later. All right, so we all know what a search warrant is. The the police, they have probable cause to believe that there is a, that there's evidence of a crime in a particular residence. You go to a, a judge and you submit a search warrant affidavit. I Over my previous life, I probably drew up 500 search warrant affidavits. And then the, the officer swears to it, and then you get a search warrant, and you go out, and it allows you the authority to enter the premises. Um, the, the law, the current law is that, with an exception I'm just going to talk about, 
you go out to the you go out to the house. You have to knock on the door. You have to identify your your business. Police officers search warrant. Okay, under the current law, that's how you have to do it. Except in Wisconsin. If a law enforcement officer has a reasonable suspicion that knocking and announcing will be dangerous or futile or will inhibit the effective investigation of a crime, then um, the the officer does not have to do that. It's the so-called no-knock search warrant that's, that's out there. That is not the general procedure. You and if you are going to enter a house without knocking, you have to be able to explain particularly why you, you are doing it. Now, in most situations, there's no reason to do a no-knock search warrant. But there are certain cases. For example, if you are executing a search warrant at what you believe is a heavily armed drug house, and there's a whole bunch of people that are in the house, and you believe there's a lot of guns in the house, and you believe that there's a lot of dope in the house or other sort of contraband, banging on the door, police, we've got a search warrant. That gives people inside the house the opportunity to arm themselves and then then at least potentially puts these police officers in in danger. You know, one of the things back in the day when we were doing search warrants um, under the law, we we didn't do no knock search warrants, but we always did them early in the morning. You want to you want to go in at like six oh five in the morning because you want to catch the occupants while they're 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 drowsy or sleeping or whatever because you don't want to give people a chance to grab shotguns so they can shoot the police. So that that's the idea. No knock search warrants are rare. If they're done, you have to be able to explain and articulate what the specific reason was. But doing away with it, and that's one of the bills, I, I'm looking at the act that Tony Evers is presenting. When executing a search warrant, a law enforcement officer may not enter the premises subject to the warrant without first identifying that he or she is a law enforcement officer and announcing the authority and purpose of the entry. Okay, it sounds simple, and some people might say, well, well, what's what's the big deal? Well, the, the big deal of this is, is that you will be giving people inside the residence the opportunity to grab their guns and be prepared to shoot it out with the police. And in many situations, one of the few advantages the police have is the advantage of surprise. Because oftentimes, you go into some of these places and they are outgunned. So they've got the advantage of surprise. The governor wants to take this away. Now, why does he want to do it? Have we had a huge problem in Wisconsin with no-knock search warrants? And the answer is no. Um, there, There was a situation in Louisville where the police hit a drug house like at midnight or something like that, which is very unusual. We typically don't do search warrants in the middle of the night around here in Wisconsin. But they hit it at the middle of the night, and there was a, a guy who you know grabbed his gun and shot at the police, and the police returned fire, and they ended up hitting and killing his girlfriend, who was a, a mer- or wife, who was an emergency room technician. And the, the man said, "Well, I, I thought this was." Other people breaking in. I didn't realize it was the police. All right. There, there are the potential that bad things can happen with it. I am just saying, I think if you tell the police, you take this tool away from them, and you are going to get somebody killed sooner rather than later. I hope I am wrong. 
There's some of these proposals, like I say, the police chokehold thing. I think reasonable people can look at that and say it makes sense. I hope the Republicans in the legislature take a long look at this no-knock search warrant idea and really take some testimony from police and really make a calculation as to what the cost-benefit of this is. When we come back, it's someplace I'm not going to be going. I will explain why, or at least not going anytime soon. I will explain why, and we will discuss. This is Jeff Wagner. It was the Brewers' first trip to the postseason since 2011, and they went to Colorado looking for a trip to the NLCS. Bob Euchre calls Game 3 of the NLDS between the crew and the Rockies from Denver. Tune in next Wednesday at 6. We're one week closer to live Brewers baseball. Brewers Classic is sponsored by your local carrier dealer, American Family Insurance, Biofuels Association, You Singer's Famous Sausage, Engman Taylor, and Sartori Cheese. Be sure to check that out. All right. I, as I've said before on this program, I, I'm I'm kind of agnostic on the whole mask issue. I mean, I, I remember at the beginning of the conversation where the World Health Organization said, you know, we, we don't think wearing masks makes much difference. That that has now changed, and now we're told that, you know, wearing masks makes a difference. For me, I, I just don't get close to people, you know, so I, I that, that's to me, I'm practicing social distancing. But nevertheless, I, if, if the place says you got to wear a mask, I, I wear a mask if I am going to go in. At the same time, it's not like I, I enjoy wearing the mask, and I understand that, that people do it. And like I say, I, I will do it if it's if it's required. I will do it if I'm going to be around other people, it, mostly just as kind of a of a gesture of respect for the people that are working in the places that are, are wearing the masks as well. Now, I, I don't do it when you go inside restaurants or bars or whatever because you, you can't eat and drink while you have the mask on. But But at the same time, I appreciate it. That said... Wearing the mask does, in fact, I think, change your experience. I am a huge fan of Key West. The Florida Keys have just announced an implement a rule that anybody coming to the Florida Keys, and this would be Key West up through all the others, um, will be required to wear a face mask anytime they are inside, and it would be any building with a roof on it. So anytime you're in a building that has a roof overhead, you are required to wear a mask. Now get this. The rule is going to be in place until June of 2021. So for the next year, visitors to say places like Key West will be required to wear a mask. Required, not given the option, but required to wear a mask anytime they go into any shop, any place, uh, any museum, any place that has a roof overhead, you will be required to wear the mask. And while it's going to be reviewed quarterly, right now the rule will be in place for the next year. I think the authorities have the right to put that rule in place if they want. And that, that that's all well and good. At the same time, I also have the right to decide whether I want to go on vacation at a place that is going to require me to put require me to put on a mask every time I go into the local CVC store for two or three minutes to, to grab something or every time I go into the T-shirt shop to to shop around. Um, I, I have the right to decide whether I want to go there. 
And candidly, I mean, we go to Key West every year. At least the last several years, we've made a point of going to Key West for somewhere between three days and and a week in February. It's one of my happy places. I, I love Key West. But at the same time, if the requirement is that pretty much everywhere you go and every time you're inside, whether you're in the hotel lobby or, or whatever, any place where there's a roof over it, you're going to have to wear the mask. I think my decision is going to be, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to go to Key West until things loosen up a little bit. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Would these mandatory mask requirements make you rethink perhaps going to, in my case, it's a place like Key West or other places. If you knew that once you got there, anywhere in the entire community, you would have to put on a mask for, you know, almost all of eventualities. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm not denying that they have the right to implement that rule. And if they feel that's important, that's great. But I will tell you, I think as long as those mandatory rules are in place, I think I'm just going to kind of wait. And Key West will be there when they think it's safe enough to allow people to walk around without masks. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. Would, would mask policies influence where you might vacation and where you might travel to? We discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. The Florida Keys have just announced that anybody traveling to the Florida Keys, not just Key West, but all the Keys, will be required to wear a mask anytime they are indoors, with the exception of in a bar or a restaurant. And those bars and restaurants are under all sorts of rules with regard to social distancing. That rule is going to be into effect until June of 2021. June of 2021, although it will be renewed, reviewed quarterly. My point is they have every right to do that. But I will tell you something that that's just kind of changed my typical vacation plans for February. But because I, I, I'm not adverse to the mask orders, but I, I just I don't want to go on a vacation or a place where every time I go, I go into a, a store, or every time I go into an attraction, I'm obligated to put on the mask. And then you come out, you take off the mask. And that, that's fine. They have the right to do it. And I have the right to say, you know what? I, I think we'll, we'll skip going to the Keys this uh, year. Jeff, when I go on vacation, I want to enjoy myself. Here's a text. I would enjoy wearing a mask everywhere, so I wouldn't go to these places. Yeah, that's. I guess that's that's kind of it. I mean, I, if if they feel they need to do this to keep people safe, that's fine. Go with God. But at the same time, that that just means maybe I'll, I'll wait until we get a handle on this, and you don't have to do it, Jeff. I would not go masked. Um, uh, I'm I'm with you. I will wait for the day that uh, people don't do this, Jeff. Um, we were going to the Dells the weekend after the Fourth of July. Called the book rooms and they read me off five minutes of restrictions. We changed our minds instantly. Downtown Dells has a ton of rules. Also, we will wait. Jeff, same thing with the zoo here. I love the place, but will not go until they reverse the mask policy. The experience will just be ruined having to have a mask on outside. Yeah, that's it. At the zoo, you, you have to walk around wearing the mask outside. Um, Jeff, um, Key West local officials decide the ground rules. If you don't like it, then travel Wisconsin. Well, that's my point. I I, I think people are going to vote like um, that. 
Jeffs, if ma- if masks are mandatory, I would choose not to go. Masking everybody indoors is sort of like dehumanizing them. Well, I again, I I don't know about that necessarily, but it, it's the idea to me. The fact that you know you you have to do it, you're going to be fined five hundred dollars if you don't. Well, you no, know, Jeff, I agree with you. What pray tell is the penalty for not wearing the mask? Um, five hundred dollar ticket is what that would be. So, um, you know. You know, bottom line is that, you know, you you can decide, but I think a lot of people are going to just simply make the decision to, you know, pass. Jeff, I've been to Key West several times and I'm with you not going. I don't wear one now unless I have to. So no Key West for me. And I get another text. Don't let your vanity hurt humanity. Well, it's not a question of vanity. It's a question of comfort, being able to enjoy yourself. And I, I, you know, if I have to put the mask on every time I'm going to go into this place or that place and I'm going to be fined $500 if I don't, I just don't want the hassle of it. They can have the rule. But they, they can do without my my tourist money for, you know, 2020 or 2021. And, you know, we'll see what the future like. Uh, we'll see what the future looks like. Um, one quick call before we go to the news. Lloyd in Greenfield. Lloyd, you're on WTMJ. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Lloyd. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't I don't think you ought to have to wear a mask. And it's like I told your screener uh, here right here locally. Once Menards implemented the mask requirement policy, I stopped going. Uh, I'm a Costco member. They implemented a mask required policy. I'm not going. I sure as heck would not go someplace for vacation with that kind of a policy. But I did ask him. I thought I heard on the TV news this morning that the Florida governor had signed a bill that required the whole state to implement that kind of a policy until June of next year. And I'm curious, is it the whole state or is it just the keys? Well, I'll I'll check on that, Lloyd. Thanks for calling. I mean, it's, as far as I know, the story I have is that it's just it's the Florida Keys that are now requiring this until June of 21, not just Key West, but but all the different keys. And again, if if you don't have a problem with that, that's fine. I, I, I understand that. I'm just saying personally, it would not be a vacation for me if I had to, especially since in like Key West, for example, you're in and out of these shops all the time. I, I just... I'm choosing not to do that while that rule is in place. several months, Dr. Anthony Fauci has been sort of the, the, the face of, in some respects, the, the Trump administration and also the, the face of the fight against COVID-19. And I have a lot of respect for him. But one of the things that's, that's emerging is that b- because the virus was so new, that a, a lot of us, we, we didn't know what we didn't know. And I understand why we went to the let, let's shut everything down. But one of the things that we're finding is, first of all, the fatality rate is nowhere as great, nowhere near as great as, as people were afraid of. The hospitalization rate is nowhere as great as people were uh, afraid of. And there's now all sorts of questions about how does the virus really get transmitted? And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because there's a piece I'm looking at in Real Clear, Real Clear Politics that, that analyzes, you know, some of the recommendations. And it says one of the things they say is, in hindsight, advisors like Dr. Fauci, the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infections Diseases, should have recommended a partial lockdown and a quarantine only for the nation's most vulnerable citizens, the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions, not the entire country. 
And then it says, but but this didn't go on. And, and that's because we, we know now, and I don't think anybody disputes, the fact that for for most people, nobody wants to get coronavirus, but for most people, you get coronavirus and it's you're going you're gonna to get better. Now, the, the people that get it, that are in some of these risk categories, and we know the risk categories, hypertension or obesity or uncontrolled diabetes, it creates bigger problems. If you are older, and depending on how old you are, it, it creates worse problems. And so a lot of people are suggesting, including this article I'm reading, it says that you know we what we should have done has been more targeted in the first place, and, and that's one of the lessons because we're, we're not going to be able to eliminate COVID nineteen or coronavirus until you know we get the vaccine until we get the therapeutics. But in trying to to measure this, what what you got to do is concentrate on protecting the the most vulnerable populations, and I think that that makes sense. Now, this did we know that necessarily? three, four months ago? No, we, we didn't. So, I mean, I don't think there's any bad faith here, but it's something we learned. Something else that we are seeing, and I find this to be very, very interesting, is we were told that if you have these these mass gatherings, that's going to lead to the spread of it. Remember when, when we had the election in April? You had Tony Evers out there saying, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the wild, wild west. People will die, all these different things. And it didn't happen. It didn't happen. There was no significant increase in coronavirus cases as a result of of the election. Well, what's been going on in this country for the last you know few weeks? You've been having all the protests, and I think it really interesting. But you know what? You're you're not seeing a spike in the number of COVID-19 cases. And look, I understand some protesters are out there wearing masks, but a lot aren't. And a lot aren't following social distancing. You know, you have people walking down the streets and they're cheering and they're shouting and they're yelling their slogans, and that, that's fine. But but you would think that this would be a, a ripe opportunity to spread COVID-19, but it's not. Story in the Wall Street Journal today, virus surge is not seen after protests, and they look at various communities. Now, it's still a little early, and it can change, but they look at Minneapolis, and they look at New York, and they look at a couple other places, and, and what they're finding is, uh, among the, the protesters, there, there's not this huge spike in, in these numbers, which tells you, Okay, maybe maybe the large gatherings, if they're outside, maybe that that doesn't lead to the spread of this. So maybe it is, I don't know, maybe it is safer to allow people to go back and watch baseball games or football games than, than we would originally think. Again, maybe that's the case, maybe it's not. We, we don't know what we don't know. But the, the information on this is evolving and I, I think some people are still stuck four months ago saying, okay, well, this is what we decided to do four months ago. And if you look now, some of the worst case scenarios that we were afraid of and planned for, appropriately so, aren't coming into play. So where do we go with this? I, I want to, no pun intended, take your temperature. Our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, we, we've started to see a, a number of things. We, we've seen that th- there hasn't been, at least so far, a spike after the after the the protests. We now know who, how this impacts the people who are most vulnerable, and we know how it in general impacts the people who aren't in one of those most vulnerable categories. All right, eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. How concerned are you? 
about getting COVID-19 or coronavirus. You know, we did this a couple months ago, and we, we got a reaction. There's stories out there about people saying, okay, we're, we're letting down our guard, and we're looking at this whole next spike that's coming, and we shouldn't be, you know, allowing these restrictions to lift, and we have to keep them on, in, in place. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I mean, candidly, do, do I want to get sick? No. But on, on a scale of... One to ten, I, I guess my worry level would be about a two or or maybe a three. I practice social distancing. I wear a mask when required. Um, I, I I'm cautious as to where it is that I go. At the same time, if I get it and I don't want to get it, I, I'm not. I, I'm not afraid that it's going to kill me. I, I'm just, I'm just not. So on on a scale of of public health things, I mean, I, I'd say I'm about a two or a three on a scale of ten. Our number eight five five six one six one six twenty. How worried do you continue to be about catching coronavirus? We discuss in just a moment. <laughs> 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, spikes occurring in recent weeks tend to be in younger people indoors in places like bars and nightclubs in locations like Florida, Texas, and Arizona. I'm much more concerned about indoor spaces than outdoor ones, which is an interesting point. And and again, is our knowledge on this evolving? If you're asking me, Jeff, are you in a hurry to run back into some crowded bar or inside place? My answer is heck no. I, heck no. On the other hand, if you look and you see, I don't know, thousands of people that take to the streets in these protests and they're in close proximity to each other and there's not a spike in COVID numbers, does that tell us that maybe if you're outdoors, it's not as likely to spread? I just throw this out there, but but that's what the reality of this is. How worried are you about either catching this or or severe complications if you do. Let's start with William in Lake Geneva. William, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. How are you, sir? Real well, thank you. How worried are you about this on a scale of, say, 1 to 10? Well, at the present time, I'm I'm pretty much done worrying. Um, I, you know, some people listen to what they're told. I've been watching the percentages versus the number of cases. And uh, I, I believe Wisconsin's through it. It's, it's went through Wisconsin, and, I, you know, I believe most of the people that are, were going to get it have gotten it. it you know, I, I look at it as the same thing as the flu. You know, it came through. Once it goes through and, and we're, we're, you know, I mean, once you've been either infected with it or, or you haven't, I, once it goes through, I just don't believe it's viable. You know, I, are you that's still, why you're seeing a spike down south. Are you still practicing things like social distancing and the like to try to keep yourself uh, so not to expose yourself to, like, large groups of people? No, well, uh, you know, like you just said, I we haven't went out to eat yet. Um, you know, I mean, um, we're not going to rush to go into a crowd. I mean, but in the same essence, I'm not, you know, I'm on the lake every day. I'm, I, you know, I, I fish on Lake Geneva. So, I, you know, as far as social distancing, you know, instead of shaking hands, we're giving elbow bumps. Right, yeah. So we are still taking precautions. Yeah. But I haven't worn a mask through the whole thing. I, you know, I, I mean, I, you know, early on, me and my wife did what we were supposed to do. We contained ourselves because we didn't know what it was about. But once again, I don't listen to the media. I'm not going to listen to the media and have the media tell me how incredibly dangerous it is. I'm going to look at the way it's the way things are going. And early on, you didn't have a clue. Right. You know, I mean, it, you didn't know what was going to happen. But 
once you've seen, you know, if you follow the percentages, you've seen it spike in Wisconsin, and it's dipped down. And being in Lake Geneva, we haven't we have had no social distancing since two weeks before Memorial Day. Got it. Thanks, Nicole. Well, I mean, the other, the other thing is we, we also – I, I mean, one of the things I, I think you want to look at is you want to look at hospitalizations and you want to look at deaths and and who is this affecting? And as a general rule, and I understand you can find exceptions, but as a general rule, I think it's we we know if you are in one of those vulnerable groups, you, you need to take lots of extra precautions. There, and look, I get nobody wants to get this, but at the same time. The, the for, for the people that are going to have the really, really bad outcomes, we know who those people most likely are, and, and that's where I think you, you've got to still be where I think you have to, we all have to be conscious of this. I'm just curious, you know, how worried are you? Let's talk to Joe in Appleton. Joe, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Joe. What do you think? I'm, I'm uh, personally, I'm not afraid of getting the virus, because honestly, I don't know if I've gotten it or not. I sure, certainly never showed signs, um, but I, I'm more afraid of being forced into a situation where you have to be tested, such as, uh, say, you have to go to the ER, something comes up, um, right. and to enter a hospital, you have to be tested. I mean, you don't have a choice. You have to be tested. So you're going to be tested, and then a diagnosis would be, okay, you have the virus, then all the implications that come from that, which would be um, you know, who were you next to, how is that going to affect their lives? Right. That's that's what I'm being afraid of. I'm not afraid of, of right. the virus. Right. No, thanks. Well, and, and I, I mean, I I agree with him. If I if I were to get it, I don't want to get it. But if I were to get it. Am I worried that I'm going to die from this? And, and my answer is is no. I guess I could be wrong about that, but I it's no. But I, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't want to be around somebody and I be responsible for passing it on to them and they, you know, then then have an adverse reaction, which is one of the reasons why we practice social distancing and all those sort of things. But at the same time, uh, you know, we're, we're starting to continue to live our our lives, and the more information that comes out about this, again, the more the more we we are finding out that we really don't know. And I'm I'm not attributing bad motives to people. I mean, I understand why we did what we did. I am still intrigued by this thing that came out a week and a half ago from the World Health Organization, where one of their lead researchers let slip that that there apparently is significant question about whether or not somebody that's asymptomatic, in other words, that doesn't have any symptoms, do they really spread the disease? Now, I understand that they walk that back a little bit. They say, well, we're unsure about the research. To me, that that's one of the things I think is important to find out because it changes the whole approach because if if the people that are likely to spread this are the ones that are having fevers or have the cough or showing symptoms, well, it's a lot easier than to say, okay, well, let, let's identify those folks and then let's quarantine them as opposed to now we all have to quarantine because we might run into somebody who is going to spread this even though they're not showing any symptoms. I don't know what the answer is. Medical science doesn't know what the answer is, but I think it's something that they need to, to figure out. Randy in West Dallas. Randy, you're on WTMJ. Hey, how you doing, Steve? Good. What do you think? Well, oh, uh, if I'm, I'm thinking of precautions just like you, Going into stores, if I have to wear them, shopping at a grocery store, I'll wear a mask. If I'm outside, enjoying the outside and with my kids, and we're doing stuff, I'm not worried at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess. They, they, I mean, I guess it's. 
and, and again, I'm staying out of large. I'm staying out of large groups, but I'm I'm not saying that I don't. I, I have. We, there's other couples that we we do stuff with. Now I, I don't do the handshaking thing anymore. We we've. I won't say I've ne- I haven't eaten inside at a restaurant at all, but it's been rare. I mean, we we try to find the patios and and the, the places we're going are places that we're familiar with, and in many cases we know the owners and things like that. And I know what they're they're doing to take this into account. And again, I'm not in one of the vulnerable categories per se. If I was, I, I think I'd be having a different position. I, I told the story the other day. Uh, uh, restaurant that we go to from time to time great restaurant I was talking to the owner and she was saying that her clientele is, is largely older and they're just not coming back because people aren't comfortable yet you know going out and, and eating inside especially if you're in one of those vulnerable age groups and i certainly understand that and i'm not criticizing any body for that i'm just saying I think, you know, moving forward, it's not that we're over our concern, but we're learning more about it. And some of the rules and concerns and the things that were put out a few months ago, maybe we need to take a a different look at that. Marcus on the north side. Marcus, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, how are you? Good. What do you think? Well, what I think is this, Jeff. uh, Like I said, you know, I call your show frequently. Listen. I'm, I'm pretty much over it. right now. Okay, you, we all we have a virus in our body, such as cancer, and uh, it, it, it's like the common cold. Right now, with the temperatures rising, way it is. First of all, look at the people going to the liquor stores. Um, going to the liquor stores and people doing what they're doing at Walmart, Costco, what have you. No one's gotten sick. Have I been to a crowded restaurant? No. I have two beautiful children and. Uh, so what I don't like about the CDC is that we need to correct this information. They didn't. They gave misinformation. You can't hug your child. You can't hug your kids, your wife. Uh, you're getting to that point. It's wrong, mm-hmm. right? That that virus is within everyone's body. Yes. Will certain number of people get it? Yes. But for the number of deaths, let's just let's call it a thousand people. Okay. That, that, that out of millions of people, a thousand deaths. That, that's normal. That's normal. So at this point, I do not fear COVID from day. I, I don't fear that. I have not had any issues with that. You just do your basic hygiene. Wash well, your hands. Right, and and, and maintain distancing. Now, th- thanks for the call, Marcus. Now, look, and I, I'm not going to lecture anybody about what they should do or what they shouldn't do. I, I just, I, I think as we find out, when, when this first started, the reaction I was getting from a large number of people is people were thinking this was like the bubonic plague, and you get it, and it's going to kill you. And and for most people, that's not true. To your point, I, there, there's somewhere north of 700 deaths in Wisconsin, for example, out of 500 million people, out of 5.8 million people. And... Again, most of the people, not all, but most of them fit into one of those very high-risk categories. Nobody wants to get this. But one of the reasons, candidly, that I think what you're seeing is even as we get more positive tests that come in, you're not seeing a rush of hospitalizations and you're not seeing this, this huge spike in deaths is because I think we are we are being smarter and we're recognizing that the people who are at risk, they need to take even more precautions. Bottom line is we've got to figure out how to live with coronavirus because it's going to be here for a while. So we all need to be smart. But I do think sometimes, you know, government needs to sort of reassess. And just because we said something was the protocol three or four or five months ago, sometimes we have to reassess based on on what we know. And, for example, if these large-scale protests where everybody is out there not practicing social distancing and large 
chunks aren't wearing masks and you're not seeing a spike about COVID, what does that say about the transmission of COVID and how does that change moving forward? And and maybe if people want, does that mean that, that we can get together for a baseball game at, at Miller Park or at Lambeau Field? Back with more in a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, very glad to have you with us. There is a new poll out, which if you believe polls, and that's what we're going to discuss in just a moment, has bad news for President Trump. It's a nationwide poll, and as we always have to say, we don't elect presidents nationwide it's state by state but fox news has a new poll that's out and uh the poll says um John, uh, donald trump joe biden 50 percent say that they would vote for joe biden 38 percent say they would vote for donald trump so that's 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 a pretty big spread um there and that's not inconsistent from what was an eight point spread in may so here we are in middle june it, it's a it's up to a 12 point spread i was looking at if, if you watch polls i was looking at real, real clear politics which is a website that they aggregate different polls and you know they'll, they'll give you the it's a it's a good spot to go to if you want to see like all the latest polls and then they aggregate. But but in in the battleground states, the states that are going to decide who is the next president, Florida, their their polls have uh, Joe Biden up by six points. Pennsylvania, it has Biden up by five and a half. Wisconsin, they have Biden up by five point four. North Carolina is Trump, but by less than a half a point. And Arizona, uh, they have Biden up by four points. Now, those are all states that, that President Trump won in 2016, and in all of those states that they have him behind. And, and again, some people are skeptical about polls, but they, they are what they are. That, that's what the information is. I was talking to somebody in the last day or so, and the, the person works for works for a college slash university in our area i'm not going to identify who it was and you know we were having this conversation about polls and one of the 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 things the person said to me is he said you know i i am a trump supporter i intend to vote for donald trump but i can't tell anybody that at work because I am surrounded, or at least I perceive myself to be surrounded by all these people who just detest Donald Trump. And if I were to say that I was a Trump supporter, well, my, my life would be, they, they would make my life hell. That, that's what he's telling me. He said, I, I just, I would be ostracized. So I have to keep my mouth shut. I would never share this around, again, my coworkers because they would just, they would go after me. So I, I just, I don't tell people that I am a Trump supporter. Now, one of the things that happened in 2016 was that the, the polls did not pick up all the support for Donald Trump. And I, I think one of the reasons was because it was just so unfashionable to be a Trump supporter as opposed to being a Hillary supporter that I think you had lots of people that lied to the pollsters or didn't respond to the pollsters or, or didn't answer. Um, th- this person I was speaking with is saying, you, you know, I just in my workplace, you know, given the people I work around, I can't say that I support Trump. I, I just can't do it. But, you know, I do support him. 
Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, we don't use the term silent majority anymore because that has Nixonian overtones. And the, the polls are what they they are. But I do seriously wonder whether or not there's more deep-seated support out there for President Trump than people think simply because of this phenomena, the idea that people are afraid to say that they are a Trump supporter for fear of being viewed as, I don't know, a, a racist, for fear of being viewed as a warmonger, for fear of being viewed fill in the blank. Um, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I make my living by telling people how I feel about issues. And if you've listened over the last four years, you know I'm very conflicted about President Trump. There's some stuff that he does that I really like, and there's some stuff that just leaves me just completely and totally shaking my head. But my sense is there's a lot of Trump supporters out there that are those quiet Trump supporters that are afraid to say that they're Trump supporters. I think there's more people out there than maybe these polls are picking up. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are are there closet Trump supporters that aren't being picked up? Do you know any? Are you one yourself? We discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff, in my social circle and workplace, I can't say I'm a Trump supporter. I just think polls are wrong in general because the electorate is changing and many of us aren't caught in the polls. That said, this phenomena that you're talking about likely does favor Trump. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, again, I was, if you're just tuning in, I was talking to somebody who works for a, a major universe, a university system around our area. He was saying, look, I'm a Trump supporter. I'm a diehard Trump supporter. I can't mention that to anybody because I will be ostracized. 855-616-1620. And I, I think there is an element of that that's that's out there. Jeff, I'm not saying a word either, but I will vote for Trump. Jeff, I would put a Trump sticker on my car, but I'm afraid that my car will get keyed if I, I do it. Jeff, I was always taught to never talk about politics or religion, but I am definitely a Trump supporter. Jeff, there are also plenty closet Biden supporters, too. I've always voted conservative. Last election, I voted for Gary Johnson. This time around, I'm voting for Biden. I can't stand Trump, but in my social circles, I have to pretend I like Trump. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Tim in Walker's Point. Tim, you're in WTMJ. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, President Trump hat that I used to wear. I stopped wearing it months ago because so many people were threatening me with violence. So I, I stopped wearing it. Um, so it just got to be you were, you were just taking too much crap <laughs> for for wearing that. Yeah, hat. I, I was. That, that, that's exactly correct. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, thanks for calling. I mean, it's clearly, it is clearly the politically incorrect, you know, stance nowadays, you know, because if, if you're a supporter of Donald Trump, you're, uh, you know, fill, fill in the blank in, in the views of, of a lot of different people. I just wonder if, like 2016, there might be more people out there that are Trump supporters, but just to the point that he was making, you know, you, you don't want to be visual about it. You certainly don't want to be vocal about it because you, you get a lot of, you get a lot of grief. Bob in Milton. Bob, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi, Bob. I, I, it's just the opposite of where I work. Um, they're all Trump supporters. And you're, you're, you're basically 
not very well liked if you're a Democrat. Okay. So that works both ways. Yeah, I think I yeah. Thanks. I'm sure it. I'm sure it does. At the same time, let let's face it. It is much more fashionable to be anti-Trump than it is to be pro-Trump. And I just, I mean, look, and I, and I get, I mean, I, I understand, you know, why that, that is. And if you, you, you look at the way the media approaches it, and I'm, I, maybe, maybe Trump deserves everything that he gets. This isn't an effort to try to defend Donald Trump or attack Donald Trump. It's just a conversation about what I think is this phenomena that, that's out there. I don't know how the election is going to turn out because as people remind me and have been reminding me for the last four years, I didn't see Donald Trump winning four years ago. Now, to me, that was kind of like drawing to an inside straight. And just my sense is that that that's probably not going to happen again. That's my sense right now. But again, this phenomenon that's out there is that I think there's a lot of people that support Trump, but they're reluctant to go public with this. Uh, Jeff, um, I'm a silent Trump supporter. I will not say anything because of the potential for being harassed. Um, Jeff, I can't tell you how many times I get a polling call, and as soon as they find out I'm for Trump, they hang up. I don't believe the polls at all. Jeff, we're Trump supporters, but we tell the poll people we're voting for Biden. Huh. Uh, Jeff, I have polled as a Biden supporter, but if he picks a socialist as a running mate, then I will vote for Trump. Interesting, these people have been polled. Um, dot, 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 dot. Um, Jeff, I'm a Trump supporter. I always lie to the pollsters as well, Huh? which is an interesting phenomenon. Uh, Gianni in Montello. Gianni, good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, interesting topic. Um I'm up here in, in, in Marquette County, and um, I do think that you're correct. There is a silent majority that is afraid to perhaps express their, their political opinions uh, as, as pro-Trumpers. Um, and I think you can probably gauge that by how many people are wearing the MAGA hat. Um, I In the last six months, um, I, I've only seen two mega hats and i have my own mega hat as a spoof I, i'm not a trump supporter but i i wear it um just as a joke um but but i i think there is a there, there is an underlying uncounted um silent majority that is going to turn out for trump um yeah, at least I, and I, I hesitate to say, i'm not sure it's a majority but but yes i, I think there is a, a bunch of silent support that is out there um how, how many people don't know but definitely i think there's more than he polls that's my sense and, and I have to ask you, Jeff, I, I know Biden is, is controversial, but um, how important um, is the vice presidential pick in, 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 in the election? Is that going to be more important uh, in this coming election than it was previously? Because generally it's marginalized. But yeah. are we looking at um, well, uh, more, more of an impact? Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting question. I mean, I, my, my answer would be typically, despite all the attention it gets, people don't vote for the vice president. People vote for for the president. Now, there's a couple or, or they vote against the president. I mean, I, I think see, I think what's going to happen this year is I think there's going to be a, a lot of way. Hey, we're not thrilled with Joe Biden, but we don't like Donald Trump, just like there was a lot of people in 2016 who ended up voting for Trump because they didn't like uh, Hillary Clinton. So, I mean, I, I think there's some of that that's out there. Maybe it has a little more significance this year because of the age of the people involved. I mean, I, it's just, you know, I, it, it is kind of stunning to me that it, it, we talk all about this this diversity and stuff, and we've ended up with you know two 
um, at least from an age perspective, you know, very old men <laughs> that are running for president. So, I mean, maybe, especially on the Democrat side, maybe the, and again, I, you know, I, I don't know how it all plays out. Basically, you, you vote for the president, not the vice presidential candidate. But given the fact that, again, Joe Biden's getting up there in years, may, maybe it's a different dynamic. Jim in Houstonsford. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call, Hi, Jeff. Jim. Um, I don't really get I don't get uh, very political uh, into discussions, uh, but there are a couple things like um, I, I do support Trump and and I will say, well, what about the jobs and and before COVID, you know, the unemployment rate and things like that. But if someone's going to argue with me, I usually don't get into it. Right. My uh, my girlfriend, son, he doesn't he's not old enough to vote, but he's very uh, very much a Trump supporter, and he wanted to buy a Trump 2020 um, hat. Okay. And his mom, his mom won't let him because she's afraid he looks older, and she's afraid that somebody will right um, pick a fight with him. Him. Yeah. No. I mean. Right. No. No. I think. I mean. No. I. No. I get it. I mean. I mean. I. I. I understand that, Jim. I. I think there's. There's some of that. I was. I was at an event. This is back when they still had like public events you could go to last summer, and they had this booth that they were selling all this this, this Trump merchandise and stuff. And actually, a couple people I was with, not me, but a couple people I was with, were thinking about buying some of that. And other people were saying, are you "Really? Are you, do you really want to do that? Because you know you're going to make yourself a a target for, for at least some people." Who are upset. Jeff, I'm a 100% Trump supporter, but I keep it to myself except when I am around like-minded people. Jeff, thanks for bringing up this important issue. It's not, I'm not going to be vocal. I don't need protests at my house, but I will speak my mind at the polls with a vote for, for President Trump. Um, you know, then somebody else has an interesting text about, you know, what, why do you think it might be that people are, are uncomfortable admitting that they support him and and I, I think the fact that if people are uncomfortable with it again it would be like the person I was talking to at the start of this conversation who just he he worked in a field and he worked around a whole bunch of people who just not only didn't agree with President Trump but just absolutely abhorred him and if he said that he liked President Trump well that that would you know, they, they would treat him differently so I again I I, I, I hesitate to say silent majority as far as is there really a majority of people that feel this way, but I do think that there's a lot of people that are out there that feel this way, and that's why this year more than ever, I, you look at the polls, and again, I'm, I, I believe, I, I mean, I grew up studying polling and things like that, so I'm, I'm not prepared to completely say these things have no validity and that people shouldn't pay attention to them as using them as predictors. I I do think that this continues to be an issue and maybe is more of an issue than ever because I think there's some people who just don't feel comfortable acknowledging that they are Trump supporters when in fact they are. We're going to know the answer to this in a couple months. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff, I'm the exact way as your last caller. I'm a silent Trump supporter all the way, but I am a Trump supporter. Jeff, I'm a Trump supporter. I have a variety of his merchandise. I only wear it, though, if I am at his rallies. Jeff, you got to be careful. Polls measure popular vote, not the Electoral College. No, which is why you, you look at... 
some of the nationwide polls and you say, you know, so what? Although same time, if you see a nationwide poll and you're really behind by 12 points, that's not the greatest thing. No, but that's why I think you do you, you look at individual states. That's why when I started off this section, I'm looking at uh, the, the polling data right now in five swing states that President Trump won in 2016 that he needs to win again if he's going to be reelected. And with the exception of North Carolina, where he's ahead by half a point, he's he's behind by margins outside the margin of error in all the other states. Now, that's if you want to dismiss polls, fine, go with God, dismiss polls. I'm saying you you do that at your risk. I am wondering whether or not the polls might be inherently flawed, though, if there really are people that are out there that are hesitant to say they are Trump supporters because of all the static that they are afraid they will take from some of their friends. For people who have children in the Milwaukee public school system, you will want to remember the date, June 18th, 2020, because that was the date that a unanimous member, a unanimous vote of the Milwaukee School Board, I I think, put your kids' lives at risk. If you haven't been following the story, last night the school board voted unanimously to do away with the cops in schools program. You know, there there's a contract they had where MPS students, resource officers, patrolled the areas around the around the grounds. Um, they decided that, well, in this politically correct world, well, these police officers are like an occupying force. We we don't want the we don't want the students to feel like they're in armed prison camps, et cetera, et cetera, so we're gonna do away with the cops. Okay, fine. They've they've now decided to cancel the contract with the police. But it doesn't stop there. The resolution that was passed last night also bars the district, MPS, from buying and maintaining what is termed, quote, criminalizing equipment, end quote. Okay, what would criminalizing equipment be? Well, apparently in the view of MPS, it's things like metal detectors, facial recognition software, social media monitoring software. So in other words, software that you would use to, I don't know, try to detect if somebody had said, hey, we're going to blow up the school, something like that. And, and of course, no metal detectors because it's criminalizing equipment. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm sorry. I just think this is nuts. And I, I think it's going to lead to a disastrous situation. Now, in our society, if, if we lived in a perfect society, we would not need metal detectors. We would not need restrictions on people's movements. I said this yesterday. I'm a child of the 70s. I went to Nicolay High School in, in Glendale. And, you know, we I, I lived three blocks away from the school. I could walk to school. I could come and go as, as I chose. I went through this side door that was always unlocked. I could, I, I'd leave, I'd walk home for lunch, and then I'd come back. I mean, that it, it was a great time. We had open campuses. You didn't have to sign in, sign out. You could come and go as long as you showed up when you were supposed to. It was no big deal. But but we do not live in that world anymore. If you look at what is going on, the trend in society has been greater use of things like metal detectors as preventive devices. You go to Miller Park, all right? You can't get into Miller Park without going through a, wait for it, a metal detector. 
You go to watch Marquette play or the Bucks play at Fiserv Forum. You can't get into Fiserv Forum without going through, wait for it, a metal detector. All right? What? Why do they do it? Do they do it because they think that the vast majority of people are, are going to be going in and are going to be causing problems? No, they, they don't. They, they do it because if somebody brings a gun through there, they want to get it caught. They want to identify it because they want to stop somebody from being able to get into a situation where they can commit a, a crime of, of mass violence. All right? So, so that's why you have the metal detectors. If you want to get on an airplane... All right, what, what do you do? Well, you, you go through the, this TSA line where first you go through a metal detector and then you get padded down so they're trying to determine if you might be bringing a weapon on and then all your bags get screened and things like that. If you, I mean, I could go on and on. If you try to go into most of the courthouses in Wisconsin, what you have to do to get into the courthouse is go through a, wait for it, a metal detector, all right? And, and so now... They have decided at MPS that we we want to do away with this. Well, what do you think the logical condition is going to be? Do you think it's going to be, oh, now the students are going to feel a lot safer? And what's going to happen if somebody walks through those doors and is, in fact, carrying a firearm and, God forbid, does something, you know, that, that ends up being catastrophic? I mean, who who do we go to and say, hey, maybe we should have had some of these metal detectors here? And this notion, I guess, that they they're they're criminalizing. I I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I go through a metal detector to get on an airplane, or when I go through a metal detector to go to a baseball game, or to go to a football game, Lambeau Field has them. When I go through this metal detector, I don't feel like I'm a criminal. I feel like that metal detector is there to make me safer. And I have no problem, other than the fact that there's an annoyance factor, pulling out my keys or holding up my cell phone or whatever. But if the metal detector, you know, screens out somebody who might be bringing in a weapon, I'm all in favor of it. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think it's ridiculous to pull the police from patrolling the school areas. But I think it's especially ridiculous to say that we're now not going to purchase or maintain our criminalizing equipment, things like metal detectors. I mean, what world do we live in? Let's talk to Troy in Sturgeon Bay. Troy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon, Jeff. Hi, Troy. I, I, am, I am just totally uh, so surprised and shocked. I believe you told me or you, you reported that it was a unanimous decision. Yep. Uh, the MPS, I think, I think I heard some similar reading the paper in Madison. I just cannot believe they worked so hard to get resource officers in schools. And a lot of people that don't work in schools don't understand they're there for, they wear a ton of different hats. And uh, just to, to throw them out the door now, that service is, is going to come back and it will bite us. Um, I think this is just a big-time overreaction to, the, to, the, to our society, things that are going on right now. Yeah. And uh, it's, just, it's just too bad. It's just, I can't believe it got a unanimous. I'm like, what are all those people thinking? No, you but see, no, that's I, just my opinion. No, no, I think you're, Troy, I think, I th- thanks for the call. I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, th- this is this kind of knee-jerk thing 
um, in, in the wake of you know what's been going on for the last couple months, it's like okay, uh, the last couple weeks, okay, police bad. Look at what happened in Minneapolis, and and so you know the police are bad. So we need to get the police out of schools, and along with it, we need to get things like metal detectors out of schools. Is it unfortunate that you need metal detectors in schools? Yeah, it's unfortunate we need them in courthouses. It's unfortunate you need them to get into they need them to get into Lambeau Field. I mean, fill in the blanks. It's unfortunate, but at the same time, what's going to happen when as i'm afraid it's inevitable hope it's not not rooting for it but you know what's going to happen when again now that we've got this idea that hey we're going to be all touchy-feely and we're not going to have this degree of security what's going to happen when as will inevitably be the case somebody you know uh decides that they, they want to, you know, again, act up. Jeff, uh, here's some text. Very bad idea. Not surprising coming from the administration of the failing MPS schools. Well, I, I just, I, does this make students safer? I guess that's what my fundamental question is. Jeff, what's the problem? Students will police themselves, just like Seattle is policing themselves at Chaz. Um, it's really going well out there, isn't it? Well, that's it. Um, Jeff, the next thing that's going to happen is that they're going to need protection in the schools, and they're going to call in the National Guard, and it, I, well, hopefully it, it doesn't come to that. Jeff, so a fellow basketball official was refing at an MPS high school last year, and due to the crowd being out of control, they had to clear the gym. This happened twice at the same school. Do they think that the officials are going to take games at at mps well i, I you know I, I i don't know i, I don't know any of this and, and and how this is all going to play out but i do think it's interesting because has society somehow gotten less violent i, I mean in a society have we reached a point where all of a sudden all, all the bad guys are are, are gone and, and we don't have the problems that led to the need for increased security in the first place and if your answer is yes let me point you to Chicago a couple weekends ago remember where they had an all-time record uh, number of homicides in a what 18 in one day on one Saturday and 24 over a three-day period and 85 shootings over a three-day period now if you think We've become a safer place. And I understand that the, the attention, crime right now is, is driven off the front pages and it's driven out of the newscast. That the, Right now, because we have limited attention spans and we can only focus on one thing at a time, if you, if you look at the, if you turn on the TV news, you're going to see what, whatever the, the latest protest march is. That, that's a decision they make. You, you don't see the crime stories. If you pick up the newspaper, you're, you're not going to see like, like the crime stories as a general rule. That, that's getting pushed off. But those, those, those crime stories are still out there. If you think crime has, has disappeared, over the course of the last couple of weeks, no, it's just that the coverage and attention to it has, has disappeared. So, if you think the world is a safer place, well, that that that's great. I, I hope you're right. But if the if the motivation for putting the metal detectors and the like in the places in the first place was to keep people safe, well, okay, what what has changed? Has anything changed in the course of the last three months or or year to say that the world is a safer place or that the Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee is safer or that the potential for violence in schools is less? Well, well, no. So, I mean, again, mark that date. June 18th of 2020 was the day that the school board decided unanimously to defund the police in their own little way that they were able to do it and to, uh, again, take a completely different approach with school security. 
I hope it works out. Look, nothing would make me happier than, you know, to have schools, campuses that were like the campus that I grew up in, you know, back in the 70s. But this ain't the 70s. And I guess it'll be interesting to see if something bad happens. And believe me, I'm not rooting for that. But if something bad happens, what will members of the school board say and how will they defend this decision? This is Jeff Wagner. I swear, the whole world has just gone crazy. And, and and unfortunately, we have people in power. And I look, I understand what's going on with the MPS board. There, there's we, we have this push for social change. And there's this narrative now that all the police are bad and we need to get the police out of our communities and stuff. Well, how do you think that that's going to work out? Uh, Jeff, I'm sorry, but this policy is nuts. This past year, there were so many fights in school with some of the students on other students, even staff. I know a teacher that was beaten up, had black eyes eyes and a broken nose. Administration was afraid to press charges on the student. If we take away metal detectors, etc., what could have happened if the student was carrying a weapon? She might not be alive. That would be the teacher. When we were kids, we just thought about fun things to do, not what the students are doing now. I would be afraid to be a teacher. Another text. Jeff, as a retired MPS administrator, I am just shaking my head in disbelief. The first altercation among students where parents are summoned by students with cell phones will perhaps shake those board members back into reality. Yeah, this is we we forget things that 2000. I want to say 2007 could be wrong, but I think it was 2007. You had um, Bradley Tech. And I mean, I remember I was on the air at the time because what they had is is they had a, a huge and it, it, Bradley Tech is uh, one of those. It's one of those kind of like open concept school things, or at least it was at the time. And, and what happened is there was this fight that broke out among kids. And then what you had happening was that you had other kids that were getting on their cell phones and they were calling their relatives to come down and participate in the fight. And so as a result, you, you had this this huge fight that that was going on and it was that that inspired them to, to go get the school resource officers in in the first place now again that's kind of fallen out of favor and they've been pulling them all back but what do we think is going to happen and i guess i just can't get past this if if there's a purpose for metal detectors at, at baseball games and to get into courthouses and to go into all sorts of other public buildings if there's a justification for that why in God's green earth wouldn't that same justification apply to public schools where we, we know that there's at least a percentage of the kids, and maybe it's a small percentage, but only take, it only takes one or two to bring a knife in or to bring a, Lord forbid, a gun in or, or something, you know, like that. A number of people, um, you know, a number of people are making the point that it's going to be impossible to find teachers. I mean, and, and seriously, I, I don't know. Let's say, Okay, I, I wouldn't be a good teacher myself, but let's say I was, okay, in my mid-30s and, and my spouse was a teacher at MPS. And I saw, you know, you're facing all the challenges that you're facing to begin with in an urban school system. And then I saw that the school board had decided that, okay, we, we want to go touchy-feely. And by the way, I have no problems if you want to put money into finding counselors and stuff. and that, That's okay. But but that's that's this great 
you know, fantasy world that we don't live that, you know, and, and maybe those counselors long term are going to be able to work. But I, I'm also concerned that, gee, you know, some kid, you know, might bring a switchblade to school and, and might slash at me or, you know, my, my spouse or something like that. You know, if you're if you're a teacher there and you have other choices and a lot of the teachers at MPS do have other choices. And now you're sitting there saying, let me get this straight. You know, we're not going to have metal detectors. So if somebody wants to bring a switchblade, we're not going to know it until the kid pulls the switchblade out in the classroom. All right. That, to me, that's will the last person to, you know, will the last person to leave the teaching profession at MPS please turn off off the lights. <laughs> I just you just think about this stuff and again a number of people are saying this is going to lead to homeschooling, this is going to lead to, you know, a, a continued exodus. Um I don't know. Uh maybe. Here's a text. Um Jeff, ironically, my daughter just yesterday accepted a teaching position in MPS. Now I am concerned. Well, I I think I think it it would be. Jeff, wait for the first lawsuit when somebody gets hurt. Well, that's a possibility as well. Jeff, I agree with your comment about this being a knee-jerk reaction. I'm very disappointed in the school board for doing this. How quickly the tragedies at Sandy Hook to Columbine end up getting forgotten. Jeff, I'm a former MPS teacher and administrator. I worked at the elementary, middle, and high school levels, and I believe that the board decision to dissolve their involvement with MPD is a capital huge mistake. I left MPS mainly because of the huge problem with student behavior and the constant safety threat towards myself and staff members daily. It was extremely successful. I'm sorry, it was extremely stressful. I foresee a lot of teachers and staff leaving because they are going to worry about their safety. Yeah, um, I mean, absolutely. And they're going to be worrying about their their safety. Um, you know, what 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 do you do with this? Um, and, and how does this all play out? I guess this is the politically correct way to go. This is the the wave of the politically correct future. I, I get all that. I understand. This is the reaction. It'll be interesting to see how long it's going to be before we regret that this action was taken. And, and I hope I hope it never comes to pass. But if it does, remember June eighteenth, twenty twenty. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. So, Melissa, before the break, you, you asked me if... Uh you asked me if I was getting anything for Father's Day from, from Sasha, from your Sasha, dog. my dog. Yeah, and and I, I think I surprised you. The answer was yes. And yes. She, well, <laughs> I was halfway joking because we all love Sasha, but yeah. oh, she did. Yeah, oh. she she did actually, and, she, and it got my gift early. And and by the it is Aww. very different. I, I confess it is very difficult to buy to get me gifts yes. because it's not that I don't appreciate the gifts, but it's that I you kind of get whatever you want. If, if, if I if I need want. or want something, mm-hmm. I, I go out and and get it, and it's it's very difficult. And my wife will point that out. I mean, for my birthday, I'm not wearing it. Now, she got me a very nice 
watch nice. um, playing golf later on. So I'm, that, that's the reason I'm not wearing your watch today, hon, because it's too nice to wear if you're going to go play golf. Um, but so she got, but it was like, I, she racks her brain on all that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that she and Sasha got together, but that they actually, it was, it was a winner because they had a conversation. They had a conversation <laughs> and they got me one of these, um, like golf buddies. They're the, it's a range finder. So Ooh. when you're out on the golf course, it's this little tiny thing. It, it clips onto your visor and it tells you how far you are from, from the green. Oh, cool. You know? Kind so, of a tech. Kind yeah, of a tech it, thing. and it and it's all satellite stuff and all, and oh. it's, it's real tiny, and I get eclipse on the visor. I, I I like it quite a bit, and now. The, the idea, just because it tells me that I'm 165 yards away from the green, the idea that I can then execute to get the ball there is, is another thing, you know. But well, that's a nice gift. Sasha knows you well. Sasha knows she me well. Does. She knows exactly. Well, I think her, I think she and Fran consulted, <laughs> yeah. so that's that's all good. Um, my my producer Gru, who's who's not here today mm-hmm. because he's he's going up. His um he asked his mother. He was telling a story yesterday. He asked his mother, okay, what would Dad want for for Father's Day, and the answer was sawhorses, because apparently he does wood like, stuff. Yeah, oh, so sawhorse. Like, yeah, like yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of wood stuff. That's kind of like our, our reaction. Okay, like three sawhorses. <laughs> so he's got a haul like three sawhorses up there. Yes, but Ooh. but it's Father's Day, well, so that's what he wants. It, well, that's exactly it. Uh, to me, that was kind of like getting mom a vacuum, you know, for mm-hmm. for Mother's Day. But but you know, guys are a little bit different. I, I was thrilled with the golf buddy. That's so. good. That, well, Sasha did well. Sasha did yeah, exactly yeah. well. By the way, this is the conversation. Um, it is Father's Day on on Sunday, and I wanted to devote a, a segment of the program to to Father's Day. And I was trying to figure out what the the hook is and what what the angle is, and fathers are viewed differently than mothers I mean, let's let's just let's just face it and you know it it's it's one of those you know it it's just one of those deals you talk to uh, like a, a lot of young boys for example and they get along with their dads and they respect their dads but they they just they just adore their mothers there's something about that, that 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 i found and maybe that's not true in all the families but it's true in a lot of families and i i thought it might be fun to 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 do something for a moment. Here here's what I want to do. If you can safely just close your eyes for a second. I'll tell you when to do it. But close your eyes and if if you're driving or something and you can't just kind of pretend that you're closing your eyes. Don't take your eyes off the road. But but here is here is my question. Right? When when I ask this, I I'd like you to go with like your first instinct. And in, in recognition of Father's Day, and, you know, we, we all, you know, people have special fathers who've done just a, a lot for them and all that. But I, I thought it might be interesting to ask this question. When you close your eyes and think about your father, what is the first thing that comes to mind? You know, may, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's, you know, your your father walking you down the aisle when you got married. Maybe it's. I don't know your father dropping you off at at college when you when you first went to college. Maybe it's your father showing up at at Boy Scouts or, or something like that. Maybe it's your father taking you to your first baseball game. I I, I don't know, but I I thought in in rather than just simply saying okay, call up and tell me about your father. I I thought it would be kind of fun to just ask that question when you close your eyes and you think about your father. What is the first thing? that comes to mind. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, I, I did that experiment myself, and, and candidly, 
I mean, one of my most vivid recollections is exactly that. When I went away to college, my, my father and I, my father drove me out there because we had a car full of stuff and then just, you know, left me at college. And one of my, one of my most vivid reactions is just, you know, my, my father helping me move in at college. What, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of your dad? It's going to be kind of our Father's Day tribute. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right. This is our, our tribute to Father's Day. My question is a simple one. When you close your eyes and think about your dad, what's, what's the first thing that pops into mind? Jeremy in Lake Geneva says, peppers and eggs stinking up the house. Every every Saturday. Well, that's um, that's it. Um, um, Jeff, my dad telling me to drive in the snow, teaching me to drive in the snow. We did a three sixty smash through a mailbox, ended up in someone's front yard. Yeah, that's one of the stories that you never forget. Jeff, my dad has been gone since twenty thirteen. First thing is when we would have daddy-daughter days. Every Saturday, we would do breakfast. Then we would go to wherever he needed to. Then we would have a lunch picnic. Thanks for bringing up such a good memory. Okay, let's start with Dave in Winnicani. Dave, you're first. Good afternoon. Yes. Uh, my parents were work- hard workers, and my dad would always make an old-fashioned I mean, with the teaspoon of sugar, right. bitters, and muddling in a uh, a cherry for he and my mom just before dinner right. in the evening. Right. So they and it just it stuck with me ever since I was like four four years old, and now <laughs> I'm in my I'm almost sixty, and he's been gone since ninety two. So right, and you just that's you, my memory of my pop. Oh no, th- thanks for calling. And of course, that that's the that's the classic way, you know. The, in the, it's the cocktail hour. And, you know, we, you know, mom and dad having the cocktail before dinner and it sounds like dad is the traditionalist. No, we're going to we're going to do the muddling and we're, we're going to make that. You know, I, I love it. Might even have an old fashioned tonight in honor of your dad there, Dave. Let's talk to Nancy and Franklin. Nancy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi. Hi, Nancy. My dad taught me to dance. Really? All, all the old, you know, foxtrot, waltz, polka, jitterbug. And he and my mom were always the big hit at all the weddings. So, <laughs> do, you, do you remember how old you were when your your dad first started teaching you to dance? Oh, probably like eight or nine years old. Wow. Okay. There you go. Thanks. I mean, that, that that's that 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 is. It, it's funny what the the vivid memories are going to be. Mary on the South Side. Mary, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. First off, my dad actually got me hooked on you, so that was one memory. Um, I love listening to you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Kudos to your dad. He is obviously a man of discerning taste. I appreciate that. Yes. He actually passed away two years ago, and I have two quick ones. Um, When I was little... I, the first thing would always, we would play Hot Wheel cars and take apart our coffee table and race the Hot Wheel cars up and down the coffee table. Right. And as he got older, um, just, you know, being, we would just sit in the living room, watch TV, just him and I, and not even really talk, but just having that presence, and I'm going to try not to cry, 
it's just just that's just something that will always stay with me. Yeah, I remember I remember those old Hot Wheel cars, you know, where you'd kind of like bank yep. the track off the table and then you'd kind of race them down and stuff. That's um that's yep. that's great, Mary. Thanks for the call. Don't that's that just wonderful memories and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this thing. Just kind of again, you know, and I, I know I know sometimes people have con- complex relationships with their parents or their siblings and all, but I just I think when you close your eyes and, and just think, okay, what's what's the first thing that comes to mind when I think about my dad? My guess is for almost everybody, it's going to be something positive. Marilyn in New Berlin, Mar- Marlon, I'm sorry, Marlon in New Berlin. You're on WTMJ. That's okay. Everyone gets it wrong. Um, my mother passed away in 1966. My father was a state assemblyman, and she was to be by his side for the Democratic party dinner, and I got to go in her place and be Little Miss Party Girl. Oh, how cool. got a fancy dress and stood on the table and picked out the raffle ticket. Oh. The memory I'll always have. How cool is that? Okay, so Marlon, M-A-R-L-Y-N, is that, that's... Correct. Okay. Yes. Interesting. I, I've never I've never seen that before. That's why I, I, I read it as Marilyn, but I, I get it. Marlon. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Super. Yeah. That's outstanding. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's talk to Ron on the west side. Ron, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, what I think about my dad was that uh, he was just so handy in just about everything, and I think it was from growing up in the Depression. He ended up as a builder, uh, so building a house was one thing, but he could sweat fit uh, plumbing. He could wire an outlet. Uh, he could lay concrete. And I remember one day we were riding down the road, and uh, he just pulls the truck over, and he gets under the hood, and he was adjusting the timing with a screwdriver and his ear, you know, <laughs> and uh, stuff stuff I can't do, you know. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you you didn't inherit so, that gene, huh? You 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 did not inherit not, that gene. <laughs> not a lot of it, a little bit, but not much. But he had a just a strong work ethic. Um, outstanding. Thanks for the call. Let's talk to Marlis in Waukesha. You're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Um, I have so many memories of my dad, but overall, to me, he was a living teddy bear. He was always full of hugs for everybody. He loved everyone, and they loved him in return. He would do. He would give you the shirt off his back um, to a stranger, and so he was always there, never short fuse. Loved ice cream. Um, he just. He was an immigrant from Sweden, a hard worker. Had an Ace Hardware in the trunk of his car, so if somebody needed something, he'd just go out to his car and get it and take care of it. But overall. To me, he was a living teddy bear. That's so, that is so incredibly cool. That is so incredibly cool. Mary in Lake Geneva. Mary, you're on WTMJ. Hi there, Jeff. Hi, Mary. Oh, the only thing that I have many thoughts about my dad, but the first one that came to mind was this would have been in like 1969. And the Playboy Club was open in Lake Geneva. <laughs> okay. And my mom and dad came home from having coffee with some friends about midnight to my brother and I, him in a suit, me in a dress, saying that some friends had stopped. They were going to the Playboy Club to shoot pool, and could you take us out? So my mom changed clothes, put on a dress, 
my dad, I remember as we walked out the door, he was leaning against the refrigerator in his jockey T-shirt and shorts. He had slippers on with, you know, the sheepskin around the foot. He looked at us and says, I just want you to know I go on record as opposed to this. He turned and went to bed, and we went out to the Playboy Club till 3 o'clock in the morning to shoot pool. <laughs> <laughs> and and dad and dad and and dad just went to sleep and and slept peacefully, huh? Oh yeah. And a few years later, I came home from school one day to a knocker on my bedroom door. <laughs> a friend, a friend had accidentally walked in. I had my bra on and my jeans, but no shirt. And we were kind of both of us startled. And this hand reached in, pulled my friend out, and the next day I came home, and the cast iron knocker is still on the door. <laughs> there you go. Thanks, Michael. D- dads think of those things. Um, Mike in Marquette, Michigan says, Jeff, when I was small, I used to get up at 2.30 a.m. with my dad to travel to Milwaukee to an auto auction. We would then have great father-son conversations on the drive and would drop him off and cut a hay. He would drop me off at Cudahy at my grandmother's house when he was at the auction. My dad is a lifetime listener of your show, and I am too. I appreciate that. Jack in Oshkosh says, um, Jeff, um, one of your other callers brought back a memory. When I was young, riding in with my dad in the car, he always had WTMJ on, and I wanted to listen to music. Now I'm always listening to WTMJ. That See, that's it. We get you as a kid, and we, we keep you forever. I, I always tell people about this. That is that is kind of the, the, the tradition that I am so honored to be a part of here at WTMJ, uh, of, of kind of spoken word radio. And I, I just I, I just always appreciate you letting me, inviting me into your home or inviting me into your car and allowing us to have the conversations on a, on a daily basis. And, and especially when you kind of get now some of the multi-generational stuff, if you do this a lot. Okay, here, here's, uh, I actually got a text from my friend Jim. Jeff, I grew up on a farm in the 50s. Dad would come to the back door of the porch and push it open because he was too dirty to come in. He always had that farmer tan. I would ride out to the field with him, and then he would let me drive the truck first in the field and then on the road. I was about 10. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was about 10. Um, Jeff, my favorite memory so far is the first time playing blackjack at 11, in, at first time playing blackjack at Treasure Island in Las Vegas. He turned to me after I doubled down on a 12 and said, you play like your late grandfather. But I did win the hand. Jeff, in in third grade, I was about to do a book report. Back then, I hated reading and put up a fuss and said I wouldn't do it. My dad said if I do one, he would do one, too. And he even let me pick out the book. I agreed. And even though he was a hardworking farmer and a father of eight, he kept his end of the deal. I still have that book report, and I'm 50 years old. Very, very cool. All right, anyways, I, I appreciate you participating, and it's just, you know, Father's Day, sometimes we get caught up in all the, the hubbub and things like that, but um, just, just you know, close your eyes, and whatever your first memory of your dad is, my guess is it's going to be a pretty good one, and take that with you um, as you go through the weekend. And by the way, to all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. 
All right, you knew it was going to come to this. We we live in the, the cancel culture now where everybody is offended about everything, and then we have to kind of eliminate it. Now, you saw it earlier this week. You saw uh, the company that owns Aunt Jemima, the pancake syrup and the pancake mix, they're, they're getting rid of the Aunt Jemima brand entirely. They, they've just decided that despite the fact that the, the current representative of Aunt Jemima is, is, does, has no... You know, obvious ties to like the the mammy culture or whatever that they thought. Okay, it, it's just too related to you know it's race, it's past. We got to get rid of the brand. And now they're taking a hard look at Uncle Ben's rice. That's the latest thing. Cream of wheat is another one because again, you have if you think about it, the the spokesperson is an African American man wearing the, the chef's hat. Okay, now they're they're looking at cream of wheat. All those different things are probably not going to withstand scrutiny. Well, here's the latest thing that's become an issue. The baseball team in Texas is known as the Rangers, and they are named after, wait for it, the Texas Rangers, right? And and that's the history. There's the Texas Rangers that were essentially the, the police force in, in Texas when Texas was a territory. Well, the, the now, the, the con, at least the, the current thinking is that the, the Texas Rangers were not a noble organization, but instead that they were an organization that perpetuated all sorts of crimes, particularly against Native Americans. And we've now gotten to the point where the Texas Rangers, I I swear, true story, the Texas Rangers are now being pressured to give up the name the Texas Rangers. And the headline of the story I'm looking at says, well, that by calling them the Rangers, it honors a police force with a brutal racist history. So if you thought this was going to stop with Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and all the other stuff that's out there, um, the, the answer is is no. It's the cancel culture, and it's coming big time. And the latest target, the Texas Rangers baseball team, because it honors the Texas Rangers. Go figure. It's time now for Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Put aside the heavy lifting and call the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. And now, here is Jeff Wagner. It is a song line from Jimmy Buffett, but it's, it kind of expresses how I feel about things. I wish every month of the year could be June. I just, I, I absolutely love June. Um, we, we have temperatures that, as a general rule, uh, last couple last couple of weeks notwithstanding, uh, the temperatures are, are nice, starting to get warm. It's generally not oppressively hot yet or, or muggy yet. The days are long. The daylight hours, I mean, just, just incredible. I, I love it. Matter of fact, as I've been saying all week, the, the good news and the bad news is that um, – we're finally starting to get summer, and summer officially arrives Sunday on the calendar. Bad news is that uh, the, the daylight hours start to get shorter after after June 21st. After Sunday, we start to lose daylight, which is kind of depressing, but won't think about that right now. But the bottom line is summer is, summer is now here. And um, I, I tell you, we've been shining it on for a while, and, and it's just absolutely great. We are at the stage of the program. We do this every week. It's Pop Culture Corner. Um, sometimes we talk about movies, sometimes food, sometimes sports. Typically, it's something that's going on in a t- particular week of a lighter note that attracts my attention and um, that tickles my fancy, and I hope you will find interesting as well. All right. This week's Pop Culture Corner comes from the world of music. Here's the deal. Summer is, again, starting. With summer, that typically means... 
I don't know, driving around in your car, you've got the windows down. Maybe if you've got a sunroof, you've got the sunroof open. If you're fortunate enough to have a convertible, you've got the top down. And what you are probably doing is you're probably listening to the radio. Now, between noon to 3, Monday through Friday, I certainly hope that you are listening to WTMJ and Spoken Word Radio. But I also acknowledge that there will be times that... You'll be listening to, yes, you'll be listening to music radio. And maybe it's music radio or maybe it's your MP3s or, or whatever. And maybe you're doing it in your car or maybe you're doing it at your house. But, you know, you're listening to a wide variety of tunes. But it's something, a lot of times it happens during the summer. You're listening, you're listening, it's all well and good. And then that song comes on. And the only thing that you can think about when that song comes on is three words. Turn it up. Turn it up. That's the song. Oh my gosh, turn it up. I want to blast it out of the speakers. I want to blast it throughout the house. I want to blast it so everybody else can hear it. It's summer. I'm driving around. All right, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, it's summer. That song that when you hear it, regardless of where you are, your reaction is, turn it up. You know what I mean. 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As we always say during these segments, our phone lines tend to jam up, so please call quickly. We want to try to get to as many calls as possible and go with your first instinct. Sometimes people tend to overthink this. Tell you what, let me take a quick break. We'll be back to take your calls in just a moment. The headline is, turn it up. That song that when you hear it, that's the only reaction that you have, or at least it's the first reaction that you have. And then typically, right after Turn It Up, I understand you start to sing along. But we'll just leave it at Turn It Up right now. Back with your calls in just a moment. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner's Pop Culture Corner. Now back to Take Your Calls. Here's Jeff Wagner. I admit, I love these segments. Uh, a lot of text. Je- text line exploding, actually. Jeff, give me some lovin' by the Spencer Davis Group version or the Blues Brothers. Yeah, that's I, I just one of my turn it up songs at the start of the Blues Brothers movie. There's the She Caught the Katie song. I that's that would be one of my turn it up ones. Um, all right, let's start with Bill and Oshkosh. Bill, you're on WTMJ. The tune comes on, and your reaction is three words: Turn it up. What's the tune? Crank it up. Fun, fun, fun by the Beach Boys. <laughs> yeah, you can't, Bill, thanks for calling. You can't, well, right, you, there's, there's so many different Beach Boys tunes that you would fit that in. Fun, fun, fun would be one. Um, I, my favorite, my favorite Beach Boy tune that I would also put in that category, well, there'd be two others. Surf and Safari and uh, California Girls. You know, I just, you know, it just, uh, just love it. But fun, fun, fun certainly fits in there. Let's talk to um, Joe on the south side. Joe, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm love very well. Thank you. Okay, turn it up. Um, what, what's the tune? Uh, yeah, Brian Adams, Summer of 69. Oh, yes. That's that's another one. It's got a great beat. You can dance to it, and it, it's definitely one that you want to be singing along to. No, works for, thanks for the call. Works for me. Bill in Manitowoc. Bill, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Bill. A real oldie but goodie. Hetty Cochran in Summertime Blues. Well, Summertime Blues, uh, again, a, a great, I mean, thanks for calling, a great song to be cruising to and a great song of the summer. Matt in Johnson Creek. Matt, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Joe Walsh, life's been good. 
<laughs> you, you can't go wrong with anything by Joe Walsh, you know. <laughs> but, right. The guitar in that is just amazing. It, it, it is, you know, and it's just I've, I'm, I'm always so amazed that he, he was able to land with the Eagles because he was one of these guys that, you know, he was legendary for wrecking hotel rooms and stuff. And, um, you know, life's been good. And, you know, Rocky Mountain Way, all those type of songs. I, I, I was a huge Joe. I've always been a huge Joe Walsh fan. No, thanks for the call. It's just just always been a huge Joe Walsh fan. Let's see. Eight, five, five, six, one, six, one, six, twenty. So I don't fall too far behind. Um, let's. Let's see. Um, da, 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 da. Um, Money for Nothing by Dryer Straits. That kind of works out. Um, Jeff, Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. Can't go wrong with anything from Zeppelin. Uh, let's see. Summertime, Summertime. Well, there you go. Got that. ACDC, Thunderstruck. I say turn it up. That's Shannon and Randolph. couple people with Summertime. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. The River is Wild by the Killers. Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison. Yeah, gotta love that. Pretty woman. I see I've almost broken the song. I always promise I'm not gonna do that because um there's some things I'm good at. Singing no Freebird by Leonard Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the person's being serious or not. I I mean Freebird is is I, I like Freebird. I'm a huge Skinner fan, but I mean Freebird wouldn't necessarily be my top one. Maybe give maybe give me three steps towards the door. That would be it. Jeff, the boys of summer by uh, Don Henley of the Eagles. Yep, by In the God of Vida. Um, an old one from Iron Butterfly there. Um, Summer in the City from The Loving Spoonful. That is my anthem of summer driving. A couple other people saying summertime. A couple other people saying, um, uh, let's see, Back in Black by ACDC. Can't go wrong with anything from ACDC. American Woman by The Guess Who. That's a turn it up song as, um, that's a turn it up song as well. Um, I Get Around by the Beach Boys. There you go. You got that one. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of a couple others that for, for me, Brown Eyed Girl, either by the cover by Jimmy Buffett or Van Morrison. Whenever I hear Brown Eyed Girl, to me, that, that's, that is definitely a crank it up one. I'll give you another one. Springsteen's Born to Run. Born to Run comes on. I, I crank that up as well. Okay, let's talk to, uh, let's see, Jim. Uh, Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yeah, hi. Uh, Michael Jackson, pretty young thing, PYT. It's uh, on that number one album ever sold, uh, Thriller. Right. Okay, I guess um, they, they used to call that. That's when I, 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 probably if I heard it, I, I would know it. I wasn't a huge Michael Jackson fan, but I, 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 I certainly liked Thriller. Maggie in Brookfield. Maggie, you're on WTMJ. Hi there, Jeff. Everything's going to be all right by <laughs> David Lee Murphy and Kenny Chesney. Okay, all right. There, there you go. You, when, do you sing along with it when it comes on? <laughs> I leave it to them. <laughs> <laughs> there, th- thanks, Nicole. Yeah, th- thanks for. I, I try to do that too. I try to leave it to them, but sometimes you just sometimes you just can't help it. Uh, let's talk to. Um, let's see, Ken in Wauwatosa. Ken, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. I love listening to you in the afternoon. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. If I can cheat and pick two, I could take either Bohemian Rhapsody or Sweet Caroline. Okay, those are kind of different. Those are kind of different songs, <laughs> you know. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, that's I. I um no, thank, thanks for call. It's I. But well, first of all, any any Freddie Mercury Queen stuff is, is going to work, and and of course the. 
you know, whenever I think of Bohemian Rhapsody and, and that, I, I always picture the, the thing from Wayne's World where they're driving along and they're they're singing out to that. Sweet Caroline is definitely one. Matter of fact, that would be one if my wife were answering this. That's one that, you know, I, I get the sense that whenever we're somewhere and, and that tune comes on, she wants to, uh, you know, she wants to end up turning it up. Dwayne, uh, Dwayne, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, guys, how are you? I like Leonard Skinner. I like Sweet Home Alabama. And in the beginning of the song... He even says, "Turn it up now." Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Right, and again, that's I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks for call because uh, you know somebody had said Freebird, and and I I have all I have all the Leonard Skinnerd records. I, I do. I'm kind of a completist on that, and I I love Skinnerd, and I I I'd mentioned like Give Me Three Steps, and but but yeah, I mean Sweet Home Alabama. That that would definitely be one of the the classic ones that are there. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's go to. Richard on the east side. Richard, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, Jeff. Loving hearing all these songs. It brings back memories, yeah. Oh, they all do, yeah. Um, It could have been any number of songs for me, but what first came to mind was Glad All Over by the (laughs) Dave Clark Five. Yeah, that... it's already a cranked up song, but that's no reason not to crank it up further. Yeah, you know, I haven't thought of the Dave Clark Five in in ages, but they were they were pre Beatles, right? I mean, I think they they came over right before the Beatles, and then the Beatles kind of blew them off. You know, the, the Beatlemania took over, and that was it for them. Am I right on the sequence? Uh, I'm not sure. I know that okay. there were there were camps in my school. You liked the Dave Clark Five more or you liked the Beatles more. <laughs> they were pretty comparable in terms of popular. Well, yeah. the Beatles really blew everybody off the map. But right. um, I remember um, there was a Dave Clark Five TV documentary not that long ago, and Tom Hanks was saying about them that the radio just vibrated and jumped on the table when the songs came out. <laughs> yeah, well, glad. No, thanks. Glad all over. I haven't thought of that song in ages, and, it, and it, it's just a, it's a great song. We were talking about the Beatles. I was trying to think about like turn it up Beatles songs. Um, I, this is a post Beatles song. Paul McCartney's "Band on the Run" is another one that I just I, I you know whenever I hear it, it's just that I love. I love that chorus. Um, Jeff, Janis Joplin, Pieces of My Heart, uh, Crimson and Clover, Tommy James and the Shondells. I remember that one. Um, let's see, Jeff, Old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger. Yeah, see, Bob Seger has a lot of, of tunes that would fit into into that. Um, his his entire Live Bullet album, one of his first ones, I mean, pretty much anything on, on Live Bullet, you'd say, turn it up. Um Jeff, uh, let's see. Dot, 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 dot. Um, Barry Manilow, turn the radio up, roll the windows down, and turn up the music. Um, very good. That's that's it. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, you're a Buffett guy. I am too. Changes in latitude, changes in attitude. I, actually, my turn it up song, besides by Beyond uh, Brown Eyed Girl, um, which Buffett covers, um, Fins. That that's to me that's the that's the ultimate Jimmy Buffett turn it up song. Uh, the boys are back in town. Um, yes, absolutely. Under the boardwalk, gotta love it. Um, Rocky Mountain High by John Denver. Um, Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin. Yeah, like I say pretty much anything uh, from Zeppelin. Hey hey, we're the monkeys by the monkeys. I bought. Okay, you're looking at me, Jordan, and you're kind of chuckling. I I actually. There's only two monkeys that are left alive. There's Mickey Dolenz and there's Mike Nesmith. They they put out a concert CD, 
and it just I, I bought it. It dropped like a month or two ago, and I, I bought it. And I've been listening to it. And it's it's the two of them in concert from last year, you know, doing old monkey songs. Do you know what, Jeff? You may be surprised by this, but I actually saw them in concert with my father. You saw them in concert? I did, yes. Okay, was I, it wasn't just two of them. There were probably more. There was like, three alive. The right. first one, Davey, Davey Jones. Davey Jones, right? right. He was already, he passed away Okay, already, so it was but, Peter uh, Tork. Yeah, uh, yeah. he was still alive. You know what? There, there's some... There's some decent old tunes in there. I mean, you know, uh, Smuggler's Blues by Glenn Fry. I love Smuggler's Blues. That's a great turn it up song. Meatloaf, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah, anything, anything out of the original Bad Out of Hell album is probably a great sort of turn it up record. I'm going to be spending the weekend listening to music. Uh, Jeff, the Monkees Daydream Believer. Let's talk to, um, let's see, we've got uh, Alice in Fond du Lac. Alice, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. I'm loving your show, and Thank I you. love and listen to all those songs. Thanks. Okay, uh, what's yours? I turned up America by Neil Diamond. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, we, yeah. you know, we were talking about Neil Diamond, and of course, that's Sweet Caroline, but it's also, yeah. he, Neil Diamond had an amazing, I don't think people recognize how many hits and how big Neil Diamond was back back in the day. And, and of course, he's, he's still around today. Great. Yeah. Alice, thank you so much for listening and participating and calling. I appreciate it more than you can know. Chris hey, in Greenfield. Chris? Chris, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Enjoy your show always. Thank you. Um, mine is Wind Beneath My Wing by Beth Midler. Uh, it's, I, I, I've seen Bette Midler in concert a couple times, and whenever she does that song, that is an absolute showstopper. She, it, it's an amazing song, and she does it in an amazing way. She does. She does. Oh, it's, okay. No, thanks thank for the call. No, I appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Mitch and Surgeon Bass has Barracuda by Heart. That's a great uh, Turn It Up song. Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting by Elton John. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, somebody else had another Elton John here. The um, uh, 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 the one that um, it was the Elton John uh, Funeral for a Friend that he played at Princess Diana's wedding. Um, Jeff Radar Love. Ever since I was driving a truck back and forth from co- ever since driving back and forth from college, I can't resist t- turning up this tune. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Jam phone lines. Lots of ones I couldn't read. If John McCure wanted to give me another hour, I'd stay and we'd do this going into the Friday. But I. I, I got to get out of here because Wisconsin's afternoon news starts in just a couple minutes. Thanks so much for participating. This was a fun version of um, of Pop Culture Corner. And, and the message, it's a three-word message going into this weekend. If you're out and about and that song comes on that you love, turn it up. This is Jeff Wagner.